Hello and welcome to the New City Podcast, where we exist to renew the Quad Cities by restoring the health of its people. I am Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Ogola. And today we are bringing it back to the start. Um, we're going to start a little series today, okay? This is part one of a 15-part series. Did we even really think about how long it's going to take to go through 15 uh, parts to this? I didn't even realize there's 15. Yep, 15 parts. Uh, what are there 15 of? There are 15 of our principles of health. Um, we talk about them in the gym every day. We reference them on this podcast almost every single time. We even did one episode kind of where we quickly flew through all of them. Um, but we decided it was a good idea to take some time and go a little deeper into each one individually. So uh, this week, our first principle of health is kind of one that just encompasses everything. It, it is, it kind of gives direction to the rest of the 15 and it is to obtain health, give the body what it needs and stay away from what it doesn't. Um, first things first, we have to define health. So if, if, if we're starting with to obtain health, we need to know what we're aiming at. Yeah. Um, if I could already just go off script here real quick and back up. Do it. I think you do a good job of uh, giving a purpose to these principles. So we have these principles, but instead of them just being like cool things that we wanted to do because we opened up this gym, if you could like lay out how these principles are meant to be kind of this standard of uh, when we look at the state of health right now mm. and how far we've come away from it, you know, the question would be, oh man, what the heck do I do to get back here? Well, there has to be some sort of a, a standard. And I think you kind of communicate that pretty well as far as why we came up with these principles. Sure. So uh, American life right now, or we're saying American life because like that's our context and that's what we have the most eyes on. Um, it is not well. And like unfortunately what is normal is not good even though it might be normal to gosh i mean what i'm thinking about right now is things that i'm currently like researching myself like it might be normal to have bouts of random fatigue what might seem random it might be normal to have um you know what they call foggy brain, brain fog. It might be normal to, you know, trip and stutter over your words and, um, you know, not be able to think super clearly. And, you know, you get to a certain age and people just tell you, you know, you're just, you're just getting older. It's just part of life. You know, um, there's, there's too many things that have that type of stigma that just get written off as this is just human life. You know, you're, you, you're going to degenerate and you're going to, um, face some pretty terrible things. Um, but that's just kind of how life works, you know, just focus on the good things, manage those symptoms as well as you possibly can. And that's kind of what life is. We think that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah. We think that is a complete lie and we think that is not what human beings were designed to live like. We don't think life is intended 
to be limited. We think what is normal is actually a flourishing experience of life. We think that that is what is normal. We think that is what the human body is always trying to get back to. And we need a better picture of what normal really is. Yeah. And so these principles really are a picture of normal human life. Yeah. And I think that that's a good segue into what actually the definition of our, I guess I would say our definition of health. So all those things you just listed out, brain fog, uh, fatigue, I would even put in there headaches or, or back pain, you know, just kind of all these simple symptoms that people think of as normal. What's become the definition of health is because those things are so common, I would say, um, people just think that the definition of health is not having those things. Mm-hmm. So their standard or what sure. they want to kind of get back to is, well, if I could just get to the state where I don't feel tired midday or if I don't have a headache every single day or, or I don't constantly get colds and flus, those type of things, uh-huh. um, then that's considered health. And that's kind of been the definition that we've been given. Um, you know, I've just as part of my office, just to, to kind of educate people, I've done plenty of workshops or, or lectures on health. And I always like to ask people what their definition of health is. And, um, 99.9% of the time people, when I ask them how they define health, they say it's, well, it's just based off of how I feel, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I'm feeling good, then therefore I'm healthy. And if I'm feeling bad, then there's some sort of a health issue going on. When you have that definition of health, which is actually a very poor definition of health, when you have it, then your goal is only to try to get to feeling better. You know, you don't have this proper definition of trying to get back to, like you said, normal, which is just Mm -hmm. flourishing Mm -hmm. um, experience of life. Um, So then we have this kind of healthcare system that's designed to, they would say that while they call it a healthcare system, they're caring for people's health. But how they do that is they get them back to that baseline of, okay, you're feeling bad with whatever symptom it is. Let's get rid of that symptom. Let's get you back to definition of health, which is feeling good. So they're kind of going at that by any means necessary, regardless of maybe what that would lead to down the road. It's just, what do you want? Well, I want to feel good. Well, let's, let's figure out how to get you feeling better. Um, most of the time by masking something or taking something out, removing something, whatever it may be. Right. And I'm like, I'm currently in a spot where I'm, I'm dealing with this firsthand, like realizing that, you know, health isn't, it's not just removing the symptoms. Cause like, like personally I've got symptoms, right? But I'm realizing that just doing the things, even in a even in a natural way, there's ways to do things in a natural way that kind of relieve some of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. But like even that, and there's, there's even like this whole realm of you know the people who are obsessed with the essential oils and all the stuff, right? They're all about these like natural um, uh, remedies. Remedies, yeah, ways to kind of like reduce symptoms, kind of deal with symptom management that still really don't address the root cause mm-hmm. of these problems and stuff. And so it's like, you know, it's even it's even kind of tempting to like hear like, oh, here's these things that like they are going to, you know, relieve you of these symptoms and they don't really have negative side effects. However, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life and 
while you do this and while you shut off your body's very natural and very good response to something bad, you are muting this sign and this signal that's supposed to point you to, hey, something bigger is going on here. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's kind of what we're saying. If you're just focused on the symptoms, y- you can very, very, very easily miss some really big, real nasty things going on. Right. And, and I mean, that's not to say that, you know, using essential oils or even using medication uh, or surgery, something like that, that the, that the traditional me- medical system does, that that's not ne- ever going to be necessary. It definitely is in many cases. Um, but when you're talking about actual health and getting to the place where we consider health, um, then those things are, are a lot of times just masking a problem, but they potentially could even be causing more of a health problem on, down the road. So right. Why we want to get to these principles is because we can, th- this is our standard. This is our baseline. If, if we, we believe if you do these things, if you focus on these things, the eventual end goal will be health, which our definition of health is we could say normal physiology or sure. proper cell function or what they, what physiologists refer to as homeostasis. So this kind of natural, normal function, physiologically, physiological function of the body. Um, that's what health is. When you're there, then yes, many times you feel good, but many times you actually feel bad when you're, when your body's kind of working at least towards homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So yes, we want this whole feeling good thing. That would be part of the flourishing, um, definition that we would have, but we want to try to get your body to as normal a self function of normal physiology as possible. So what these principles do is these principles help you get to, they help you move back towards that, um, state of this, you know, normal physiology, proper, proper self function homeostatic state. I think what you just said is going to scare some people. Uh, you, you just said that while yes, what we're aiming for in, in the ideal would be that we're feeling good and feeling well all the time. And like we say that, yes, like the, the good aspects of what we see in the principles, there's good abundant life mixed in there. But you said that even when we have health, there's going to be times where we don't feel well. Right. What does that mean? Well, if your definition of health is normal physiology, then the easiest way to illustrate that would be something like a fever Mm -hmm. um, or vomiting, um, even something like a diarrhea. When you, when you get, when you get exposed to something like a virus or a bacteria, there's these normal physiological functions that happen that most of the time we see as somebody being sick, right? but it's actually a healthy response to the environment that your body is actually in. Right. So when my body has a fever, that means that something's entered the body that the body doesn't like. It needs to activate the immune system to try to attack that. And a piece of its defense mechanism is to try to raise the temperature to a state where the bacteria or the virus can no longer survive, therefore killing off whatever is infected your body. So if you didn't have that fever, then that would actually be an abnormal function right. of the body, which means if, if the definition of health is normal cell function, if, mm-hmm. the normal, if it's normal physiology, then if you don't get that fever when a bacteria virus enters you, then now you are an unhealthy person. You might feel fine, yeah. but you're actually not functioning in a, in a normal way. So that's what I mean. I mean, then there's plenty of other examples that we could give, but that's kind of how the body functions is it has a, it wants to be healthy. It wants to be 
homeostatic or in a normal cell function. When we enter into an environment that causes it to adapt, that causes it to change um, its physiology, um, that's still proper function. That's mm -hmm. still um, a healthy um, experience, I guess you'd say. Um, if it doesn't do those normal <coughs> physiological functions, then now you would be considered in a um, abnormal state of health. Right. So when we talk about you know, obtaining health mm -hmm. by giving the body what it needs to stay away from what it doesn't, what that's describing is the environment that your body's in, right? So there's, there's normal environment, there's abnormal environment. When we say give the body what it needs, that's normal environment. When you're saying stay away from what it doesn't, that's normal environment. When you don't give it what it needs and you don't stay away from what it doesn't, now you've entered into an abnormal environment or an easy way of saying that is a stressful environment. Mm -hmm. And that stress to the body causes it to adapt, causes it to respond with, again, normal physiology, what we tend to think of as sickness. Right. So really, health is a lot more about what your body is able, capable of doing when you venture off into an unhealthy environment. Right. Right. So if we have health and we stay in a healthy environment, that's probably a recipe for feeling good. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. But we can still have health, live in 2020, <laughs> and ha be exposed to so many things that are really working against ideal and proper human function we're going to experience some negative effects of that, but we can still have health, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> it's, it's not, it's not going to be a hundred percent all the time. You're going to probably get sick. You know, you're going to experience things, but not only are you going to be okay, right? You're like, when you allow your body to do these things, when you allow your body to rest, when it's, giving you all the signs and symptoms that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. You're going to be okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so what we call these, this abnormal environment versus normal environment, your body wants again, wants to be healthy. It wants to be functioning normally. It wants to have normal physiology. What is an abnormal environment we call interferences. <laughs> so in the chiropractic world, uh, the kind of a, catchy phrase is the body needs no help healing, just no interference. Mm. Meaning the body naturally self-regulates, it self-heals. It knows exactly what to do to get back to that homeostatic state as long as we're not interfering with it from the outside. So these interferences would be examples of not giving the body what it needs and not staying away from what it doesn't, right? So again, an easy thing is the body wants to be healthy, wants to function normally, or we can just even say wants to survive, wants to be alive. Yeah. But if you interfere with that by drinking poison, then now you've interfered enough where the body cannot adapt and, and it's going to more than likely die. It's going to stop functioning complete fun. It's going to lose complete function, mm -hmm. right? So poison is an easy example, but we kind of, poison our body right each and every day in smaller slow, slow drips right 
And each time, as long as you're not, again, drinking a, a glass full of poison, you can, your body can say, okay, there's something that I don't need. Right. Adapt, right? It can change. It can say, okay, hey, how can I get rid of this? How can I store it for a while until my body's ready to get rid of it? How can I experience a symptom to kind of warn um, us, what we in chiropractic would call our educated intelligence. So there's kind of this inborn intelligence that we have, right? That's why when uh, we start, when we feel the need to run faster, our hearts start beating faster, right? We start pushing out, our blood pressure goes up to, to get that. We don't tell the heart to beat faster, right? That's just kind of this in, inborn intelligence that happens. But then we also have um, educated intelligence, right? When it's cold outside, our bodies don't internally put on a coat, right? We, we through our educated intelligence, put on this coat mm -hmm. to adapt to the, to help us adapt to the environment. So when our bodies, when those two things are working properly, innate intelligence, educated intelligence, then that's when a, somebody's going to have their best chance at actually being, being healthy. When uh, we interfere with that, then no longer can we actually go down this healthy state and we're just going to continue to go down the state of abnormal function and poor environment. Right. So one of the things you said there was how even though we are in our most, most people's environment is being exposed to these things that are not, you know, it's not like you said, poison that you are going to ingest it and it's going to do its work quickly it's these small little drips, right? And small little things chronically, constantly amount to a lot. Yeah. And so we want this to, I mean, we want this to be pretty evergreen, but at the same time, we're in a very, very strange cultural moment right now with this coronavirus. And one of the things that is very, very clear, very, very clear, is the data surrounding people who have severe negative outcomes due to contracting this virus. And the thing that is so clear about this, the people who die as a result of, as an end result of contracting this virus, 94% of them have... Wearing masks. <laughs> they actually aren't saying that. 94% <laughs> of them have at least one, what they call comorbidity, right? Yeah. So, so, so run down the list of like what some of those things are. Uh, that would be obesity. That would be high blood pressure. That would be... Um uh, any sort of cardiovascular issue that mm -hmm. could be some sort of a lung issue like COPD, mm -hmm. emphysema, sure. those type of things. Sure. So this is this is this is people who have been diagnosed right. with things like that, right? right. So ninety four percent of people who have died after getting this virus and, and the disease, subsequent disease, ninety four percent of them already have one of these things happening. 6% of the people who have died have not been diagnosed right. with something, right? right? Okay. We look at the scope of the American people. What is it, like 40% 40, 40 obesity rate? It's getting there, yeah. Right. Almost almost every other person is is 
clinically obese, right? Right. However many millions of people are in this country, you know, we know the state of health of that person is not good, yeah. right? Well, I mean, you could, and don't want to get you off track here, but I think this is important because that, so I look, hear that and I'm like, well, there's still 60% of people who are not, but there's actually more people by number that are what they call uh, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. I haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> okay. Well, they would be actually, as far as physiology, what's happening just as unhealthy as somebody right. who is actually, and I would say maybe even more unhealthy than right. somebody who's actually obese. So when you think about these comorbidities and metabolic issues that they call them, there's a lot more people than 40% of the United States that has. Absolutely. So knowing that to be true, we also know that gosh, man, that 6%, those aren't healthy people. Right. <laughs> because if we know that there's people who do not even fall under this 40% number that are really not healthy, they don't obtain health, their body cannot do the natural things that it needs to do to fight off the environment that we live in. Mm-hmm. We know that they are in a compromised state. And yet, even in that poor state, they can fight off and, and recover from something that has completely shut down the world. Yeah. The human body is unbelievable. Right. right. <laughs> unbelievable. Knowing that there's something that has, has caused the entire world to shut down, but yet it, it, it is only able to kill the people who we know are already like, not in a good state of health. What we are able to do as a, as human beings is, is remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of gets back to, we don't necessarily have this as a principle, but it's kind of what our principles are based on is that, that the human body was designed for health. It was created to be healthy, right? And it, it was created like everything else in the world for order and if that's the case, then everything wants to get back to that order, wants to get back to, wants to get out of this chaos and back to order, wants to get back to that, that normal um, function. So therefore, if that's the, that's the default state of the human body, then if it gets away from that, then we have to figure out why that's the case. And what we're saying is the reason that's the case is not because the human body was created poorly or because we just haven't figured out how to get the body um, to a different default. It's because we have interfered with that body's normal ability to function. It's interfered with its normal state of of health. Um, And the principles are designed to help us figure out what those interferences are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just to kind of speak to, um, the, the COVID stuff that you're talking about. I mean, even if you had the understanding that we do, and there's just 6% of people who have died, there potentially could be somebody who's actually following the principles, who is doing um, these things as right as they possibly can, but they still were to, uh, contract the virus and it could lead to the COVID-19 disease and they could potentially die. I would say that's extremely rare, mm-hmm. but that could happen. And the reason it could happen is because just like we gave the poison example, somebody could be perfect health, but if they drink enough poison, right. they're still going to die. Right. So if they get exposed to enough of the virus, regardless of their state of health, then that's potentially could lead to, um, some issues. And they could also have something genetically going on that could not allow them to, to, to function, um, 
properly and reach yeah. their potential. Um, so there's a lot that, that goes into that. But again, the majority of the people, just to kind of hopefully end this COVID discussion, <laughs> um, if your body is, if you're giving the body what it needs and focusing on, on staying away from what it doesn't, you're going to have, you're going to be able to obtain a, a level of health that will allow you to not um, succumb to, to this particular disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, <laughs> our response to what to do in the midst of a pandemic, it's the same response that we have to obtain health at all times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Doesn't change. Yep. Uh, cool, man. Like how much, how, how much have you dug into the like genetic factors in this? Uh, not a ton. I mean, I've looked into it a little bit on my, by, for myself. I had a, right. a test done, but the dude that designed it is far over my head. So <laughs> I understood about 1% of, the uh, tool that he designed so that you could look at all of it. Um, so, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe in more of a general sense, I think like that, that, that might be one thing that I, like I know firsthand examples of people who would say like, you know, I am unique. Yeah. I have unique genetic makeup that predisposes me to these negative outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so, yeah, I guess a general, uh, uh, my general response to that would be, there's some truth to that. Um, but the principle still applies. So we, again, this isn't like we aren't, um, the only people who have ever lived in on earth, right? There's people that have come before us. So the people thousands of years ago, this principle still applied, but as they didn't give the body what it needs and didn't stay away from what it doesn't, then now what they, what they call epigenetics. Mm -hmm. So kind of how their genes are expressed to then experience, um, health, that can actually change and you do with that enough over generations then now yeah you know thousands of years later now you have somebody who is probably susceptible to a number of different things but it doesn't mean that they can't obtain health it's just going to be a lot more difficult for that person to actually obtain health they probably have to apply this principle to their life a lot more than somebody who doesn't have these genetic um, or, or epigenetic predispositions, meaning like right. if we right. if we need to stay away from um, a, a certain toxin, somebody who has all these genetic predispositions, they're going to have to absolutely stay away from this toxin, right. or somebody else might be able to get exposed to it, uh -huh. process through these things, and not have uh -huh. manifest symptoms, where the other person's probably going to have a worse experience. Yeah, without without seeing my genetic data, how like. I'm probably genetically not the the dealt the best card, correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Well, that and combined with that, I mean, we would have to know everything about your experience in life to know why right. you got to the state that you're at. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say you probably weren't dealt a royal flush. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just interesting because it's like, I even over the past few months since I've like been gaining some traction, just figuring out what's going on. Like I've been asked, like, how do you, how do you deal with like knowing that you're so focused on health and you f find out that you're really sick? Yeah. Right. And like, honestly, it's kind of relieving <laughs> like to actually understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's it, it's like yes, there is this. Um, I don't know. You can kind of relate it to the, the whole conversation about like privilege, right? Yeah, there's there's privilege in good genetics, right? That like for me, not walking into life with that privilege, I'm not I'm not taking that as a a a, a card that says like screw it, this is what life is going to be, you know, I just need to do whatever it takes to, you know, hang on and, you know, it'll, it'll be what it's going to be. It's like, no, like there's a lot that I can do. Yes. I'm way more sensitive to stuff. Like, yes, my, my family can eat things I can't eat. My family can do things I can't do, but like, there's a lot that I can do to, work towards health, right? Back to where we started. Work towards a state of optimal function. Right, right. And I think it's where the word potential comes in at. I mean, people are going to have different health potentials. They're going to be able to express different levels of health than than others. The goal should be trying to get to your health potential. Sure. Um, Not necessarily have this ideal where you're comparing yourself to somebody else's state of health um, because that is where, you know, genetics, epigenetics... um, experiences in life, what you've been exposed to throughout your life. Um, cause there's a, there's a big chunk of your life, um, where you don't get to decide yeah. to give your body what it needs to stay away from what it doesn't. There's somebody else deciding that for you. Um, so yeah, the health potential, your health potential is really what we want to go after. And what we're really talking about when, like when we say health potential and all this stuff, like, and not being as you know, uh, not having as much margin, right. right? Right. What we're talking about is the capacity to be able to withstand deviation, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about, we're not talking about like not needing to be in the environment that produces health. We're talking about how, how much like, how much tolerance do you have to be able to deviate from that and, and not experience severe negative outcomes, right? right, right. The, like the path, the, the, the principles, the standard, like it's still the same. Yep. All we're saying is that some people like really don't have room for much error here. Others like, you know, thankfully, fortunately do. Right. So that's really the difference we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's that's something that is you can change, right? So, like, sure. with you, right. you have right. this, you have this, uh, I guess, less tolerance um, to getting outside the principles as other people would. But you can then now raise your kids in a certain way, where they can start going the other direction, to where oh, they're yeah. going to have more tolerance than you, and then their kids are going to have more tolerance. That's if we stick to the the principles. It's interesting because it's like it's like. Yes, we're talking about having more tolerance, but on like the other hand, there's also this like aspect of being more sensitive Mm -hmm. to deviation, right? So it's like when you build that, basically, what probably anybody who has, you know, experienced having some success changing their environment what you'll realize and what you have experienced is things that used to be normal 
now are like, holy cow, this makes me feel awful. Right. Right. Because you now also have this sensitivity to these things. Right. So it's like, well, you may be able to get away with having a beer once a week or something. Right. When you do the thing and have the whole case of beer that you used to do all the time and then get up and go to work the next day. Right. You like, you no longer have that type of tolerance. Right. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to like just this whole scale and how things end up playing themselves out. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, this is just the first principle. Um, ways that you can engage with these. Okay. So we're going to go through and we're going to dive deep into each one of these 15 principles, 14 more, um, on this podcast. We also, every single day, not every single day, all but a couple days a week, um, we are in our classes at the gym. We're talking about these things. Those conversations are also, um, happening online. Every, all of those simultaneous days. Um, so you can join in on those conversations on Facebook and Instagram. Um, definitely not as deep, but every day we are posting, um, posing a question kind of associated with these things. Um, you know, this principle to obtain health, give the body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't asking a question to kind of engage and, and thoughtfully, um, you know, think through these things beyond that. Um, if you really would like to dig into this more, um, now you're talking about getting involved here. So um, if getting involved here at the gym and diving into these principles a little deeper is something that you are interested in, um, you can go to newcity.fitness slash start. You can schedule a time to come in um, and talk to us. We'll talk through kind of where um, you're at with your health, kind of get an idea um, of where you're starting from, and we can kind of show you what we have to offer to really help you um, take control of this to obtain health. Um, That's our goal. Our goal is to educate, to train, to equip people so that you can take back control of your own health. Um, That's the mission that we're on, and we would love for you to join us. Yes, sir. Cool. So stay tuned. Uh, Part 1 of 14, 15, 14 more, whatever it is. Uh, We'll catch you next time.